Hi, nerds. I'm Michael Moore, hosting this podcast for Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. I'm here with Dylan Sluter, Director of IT at UCW Logistics. Hi, Dylan. How's it going? Hey, Michael. Good. Hope you are. Um, I want to start off real quick. We always do our icebreaker segment, uh, random access memories. So we're going to start with that. This one's really easy. I'm just going to give you a few questions. And uh, you just respond to whatever comes to your head first. It's super fun just you know, to get the, get the conversation started. Um, what's the best prank you or someone you've ever, someone else that you've ever seen kind of be pulled on a coworker or client using IT skills? Using IT skills. Using IT skills. So, uh, it was actually, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, from, uh, Renovo data. Uh, he's, uh, Joe Delaney. He's, uh, their lead operations man. He's, I think their lead engineer, um, he was telling me a story about uh, he used to work for a logistics company beginning in, before getting into uh, cloud hosting. Um, he told me uh, one of their best pranks they pulled was um, there's a you could, they took their uh, firewall rules and they um, they took a lot of people were getting on ESPN during the day and to be funny uh, they wanted the web portals for a software they're using called Parade. Um, so every time somebody in the office tried to access ESPN.com or, you know, uh, any sports site, it would automatic, automatically redirect them to the uh, web portal for you that they were trying to push for people to use. Um, and he said that he had about 20, 30 emails in a week's time saying, hey, why can't I get on ESPN or check my fantasy league? So it's funny that uh, they use their firewall to kind of prank a few people in the office. That was a, probably the best one I've heard so far. It's a great way to also get the web portal out there. It's always the problem is engagement on the web portal. So it's actually a clever, clever way to get people's awareness on, on using the web portal. That was, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, what is the worst advice? Because everyone always says best advice. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go the opposite. What's the worst advice you ever given or received about IT. About IT. Um, yeah. The end user is always right. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, that's kind of the worst advice I've, I've given. When I first started my career, I was like, everybody that comes to me and asks a question, then it, hey, we've got to find a solution to what they're asking. And, you know, give it about a year's time. I said, yeah, there's no way the end user can always be right. Um, and, you know, that's kind of where I saw. I was like, there's no way everybody, you know, all these end user problems are um, always something that everybody's, I mean, we always have to do with deal with end user problems, but it seemed that, you know, I wanted to, hey, I'll, I'll, it'll be different for me when I get into uh, my uh, deeper in my career. No, it was, there's no way you can make everything 100% for uh, everybody within IT and just like too. So that's well, if the end user was always right, we wouldn't have jobs. It, exactly. Jobs. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, all right. What is the most frustrating bug or error uh, you've ever encountered? Most frustrating or bu bug or error? Um, that would have to be. Oh, that's a tough one. I would have to say um, we were setting up some. IPsec, IPsec tunnels for uh, for one of our warehouses to you know to connect to some cloud hosting services, um, and you know it was just having a hard time trying to get it for to get it set up between to talk to the cloud hosting server and their uh, uh, domain controller um, through their firewall. Um, and we I think we tried for a few months because I was working with the MSP um, at that particular warehouse. Um, and I think we looked at that for, it was two or three months. I had logged into their firewall. They had logged into our cloud hosting service, I think. And finally, we figured out there was a, um, we didn't know that they were actually, they had an old, um, I think it's an AT&T router that, mm -hmm. was, uh, that wasn't, hooked to their network in any way. It was just uh, they had two ISPs run into the same office. We finally figured out they were connecting to an old Wi-Fi uh, router that they had never 
told anybody yet yeah, still in use um <laughs> that, that we finally figured out there they were connecting to this old wi-fi it was like a uh, i think it was like dsl speeds and finally figured that out we cut that thing off and um made sure that they were you know all hard hardwired in fixed it three months of figuring it out and finally <laughs> took somebody down there and they're like wait what is this so that was that was a frustrating one when i was new to uh new to the company and their msp was down in florida versus in georgia so it was yeah that was a uh, banging our heads against the desk for a while and finally that is that does seem frustrating three months for a wi-fi for a, a rogue wi-fi that sounds mm -hmm. uh that sounds pretty devastating <laughs> uh i'm so glad you're on the pro uh, on my program here because um logistics 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 ah I've been uh, waiting to talk to somebody uh, that has been, um, you know, uh, knee deep in the logistics because there's so much to talk about. What a, what an amazing growth uh, um, during a, a short short period of time, right? And it and it and it's to you know from what I'm seeing, it's still kind of going. <laughs> you know, um, I get I get everything delivered. <laughs> everything in the world is delivered to me i don't go out and get anything it's uh it all comes to me and i just arrives at my door um logistics to me is a pretty uh interesting topic because there's so much involved in it there's so many different uh uh moving pieces but huh? okay <laughs> so um let's talk about um, uh, you know, what you do over there uh, at UCW Logistics. Yeah, so <clears throat> being the director of IT, so we've uh, started out with, hey, just me as the IT manager. Um, and we, we're we kind of a, I wouldn't say unique um, logistics company. We're a, uh, so we're owned by a parent company, Willie Family Ventures, and they own a lot of warehouses and then they also own UCW Logistics which is a uh, brokerage so um, just for anybody who hadn't heard of what a brokerage is we we have customers that say hey we need to get this load covered going from uh, North Carolina to Texas and we need you to find us a carrier at this price and they give us a cost um, so we go out and we broker that load out to um, our database of carriers we've got about 25,000 different carriers uh, set up in Canada, US and Mexico. So we're basically brokering those loads. Um, and then our warehouses, uh, we primarily uh, handle most of the cotton in the East Coast. Um, so for me that, so what we do is we use a uh, TMS called the Transportation Management System. Um, and it's, uh, this one's by McLeod Software. So it's called a Power Broker. So I'm, we have, uh, so we use the software to uh, enter all, all our load data. We even have, you know, EDI connections set up so that, hey, we can, they can send us those loads directly. Um, and then we take that load, we source it through our carriers uh, internally and then try to broker it to one of those carriers. Um, and then using that software, we even connect to other third-party softwares like um, uh, for setting up carriers, there's my carrier packet. So it, it can grab all that carrier's data in a external database, set it up into our database, and then we can also track that load using GPS tracking from uh, the second it leaves to the second it arrives. We can see dots on the map um, from point A to point B. So, uh, and then it invoices, sends that invoice out um, to our to our carriers and our customers to get paid and for them to pay us. So. Um, I'm, my main priority is making sure that that TMS system is up and running um, and managing that database as well. Um, it takes five to six servers just to run the base software, so managing our cloud-hosted environment as well as um, uh, as well internally handling all the all of our PCs, networks, um, and what you know that's kind of covering everything and even down to the. Uh, Got an MSP helping out with the uh, warehouses, but it's you know started at first handling everything for IT. Then they got to hire a, a 
IT support person then got to hire an application um, administrator to kind of they not so I'm wearing so many hats. So it's really covering everything from for IT from A to A to Z for the company. No, no doubt. That's that's actually a really good and concise um, look at, at at what you do within the company, and also kind of gives you some insight because um, it, it looks it sounds to me like this is a it, it's kind of a B two B uh um setup where you know businesses need uh to get their uh to get their stuff somewhere right and, and from one place to the other and so they go on what seems to be a marketplace of uh of uh different transports basically where they can pick which ones they want to go with based on uh, a whole variety i would assume of different uh um different pieces now and let's talk about that um when they pardon me when they go on this uh um what i assume is a, a website where they would be able to kind of source these things right uh put their requirements in um are they able to see all the different ones that pop up is it like a search or is it or do they put in their information and and then the uh um your your company goes and and does that uh sourcing itself how does that work is yeah, so for us, as we're a smaller brokerage, um, so how we handle it is, let's say, you're a smaller broker brokerage, and you deal yeah. with, um... yeah. If you say, hey, let's we're, you know, competing with like XPO and uh, Uber Freight and Rider Logistics, that you know, looking at comparing us to them, you know, they're in the billions of dollars a year. So I want to get there. Well, not want to get in the billions of dollars, but. Uh, Few hundred million, but yeah, that's uh, when say smallest comparing us to uh, those guys. I think there's there's probably you know hundreds of probably a hundred thousand different logistics and uh, brokerages out there. Um, wow, I mean, it's just the, the sheer amount of uh, different companies you're working on. You said I think it was like twenty five thousand, right? Yeah, and that is uh, that's just an immense number. And and for you to <laughs> not be one of the bigger players, that's amazing to me. That's you know, but it also what it also shows is there's so much growth, uh, you know, uh, potential for that company. You know, oh yeah, it's um, and for us, it's you know, we it just kind of from A to Z for us. It's you know, we we go out and try to find customers that say, hey, we've got this freight. They don't want to. They don't want to invest millions of dollars a year in purchasing trucks and sending it to one carrier because once they you put all your eggs in one basket and that let's say hey that carrier a goes out of business well now they've got to go and they've got 20 they're shipping 100 loads a week well now their supply chain shuts down so that's why a lot of customers move um customers that hey they need their freight moved they reach out to bro uh, brokerage because Hey, we've got twenty five. You know, we've got twenty five thousand counting carriers um, in you know North America. That hey, we can source them and find the best rate and you know the best one. That's let's say hey, they're delivering in North Carolina. They go to California and say hey, we've also got a uh, we've got another load for you in California, so you can come back to North Carolina. So um, that's why they a lot of customers move to brokerages versus trying to do it in house because they don't have all this overhead. They're not worried about their uh, supply chain shutting down because one of their their best carrier goes out of business. It's hey, now we can help source that for them. And um, kind of how that works is, you know, hey, we've got a customer, they're tendering us loads. So then what we do is they send that to us and then our internal brokers, they go through our TMS and source those carriers uh, using our database. They can some called waterfall tendering can tender out those loads pnn private network notification um, and that keeps all of their data so let's say they can inside the database uh, the ui they just put in hey this is the lane this is the rate we want to cover it at and then it pulls up a list of those carriers and then we can even like i was saying uh my carrier packets we also use a third party called assure assist um, and what it does, it tells us, hey, is their insurance good? You know, because, hey, this, it's, since we're a brokerage, they have to have, we have insurance, but they also have to have insurance to cover. Hey, if you're moving 
a truckload of uh, Dell PCs and it's a million dollars. Well, you know, if you wreck and you destroy all those, hey, you've got to have insurance as well to to cover, you know, all those destroyed PCs. Uh, <laughs> no, no doubt. It's actually pretty funny because um, I, I once had I was once I was moving um, and and one of the companies I previously worked for. Um, I was actually had a whole bunch of equipment because uh, it was during the time where so many people were doing remote. And so I, there was no office to put all the equipment at. So I just I ended up with like, you know, 30 MacBooks and I had loaded them in my car. And, I'm, and I just realized I'm like, you know, like the amount of MacBooks I have actually equals more than this car that I'm driving. <laughs> so, so you're absolutely right. I was like, I, I, I haven't insured the MacBooks. I've insured the car, but oh no. So um, yeah, it's a good point that it, it needs to be insured uh, from the moment it leaves, you know, and goes. And, and if it's not, uh, um, you know, they're liable for that. So that's actually a really good point you bring up uh, with that insurance test, you know, Makes sense. Oh, yeah. So many different pieces, it sounds like. Let's talk about um, this software, too, right? Because I think this is a... We were talking a little bit about the process and pieces, but now let's talk about the software and and, and how you support it, right? Because um, it, you have to have... You have, you have the software, which you also mentioned, obviously, as a database. It sounds like it's running up in the cloud, is what you talked about, right? Um, you have to keep this thing running... It has to. Um, it also sounds like it has different uh, components that talk to it, right? And, and you also have an EDI interface that's happening, so it's interfacing with a whole bunch of other things, which happens to be a lot, probably because of the amount of people that are coming in and sending in their requirements automatically. Yeah. So there's a lot of links to this thing, and uh, when that ha- when that shows up, it means there's a lot of things that can break, so uh, and uh, and need to be troubleshot. Um, you run into that a lot. Yeah, we because um, we use EDI and API. Usually, our APIs are set up um, directly with, let's say, you know, the my carrier packets, Sure Assist. Um, yeah, most of the third parties. EDI is normally, yeah, a little bit older communication piece, but that usually is where our loads come over, and then we send our invoices. Um, so for for that piece, it's it's trying to it's yeah we're tr- i'm troubleshooting we're 24 7 brokerage so we're running day and night you know i mean truck you know truck drivers they sleep during the day usually and drive at night so that's where uh having to make sure that all these api connections and edi connections are working um, and that's the good part of the software we use is um there's a lot of there's a lot of error reporting that hey, the second something goes down we're getting First off, the broker or the customer is going to let us know if they're not getting updates. And then second off, hey, these are kicking back error messages 24-7. Hey, if this isn't working, the software that we have is good enough to notify us, hey, there's a process not running. You've got to jump on the server or uh, log into the uh, that software and kind of start troubleshooting it. Um, the good part about that is, you know, we have, we've got a contract so that, hey, if you've got to write any code, they can do that in the background for us. Um, but we can also, we can pretty much troubleshoot most of it just because, I mean, it's really a souped up, uh, SQL database. So it really, we don't have to do too much. All that. That, uh, That's nice. Yeah. It's, it's nice that it's not a proprietary ba- database. And yet, you, yeah. you, you, you know, you can get some of those sometimes. You're just like, you know, and then you have, you're kind of, limited as to what uh their interface can do with the database rather as sql you can just hop in and be like all right let's start running commands and uh and then you can kind of get silly with it too right because you can set up your own views and 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 get uh, get alerts and reports and and stuff like that and uh and really do the maintenance there so that's actually really cool that um sounds like you got a pretty good piece of software there um the i saw i want to get this right i saw that you had spoke at um and and i'm going to ask a couple questions about this because i don't i don't know what it is the 2023 mcleod uh software user interface uh uh, sorry software user uh conference i mean uh and uh you did so in digital freight matching uh it sounds like right so um i don't even know half of what i just said 
So, <laughs> so, but it sounds cool. So why don't you uh, uh, why don't you help us kind of figure out what that is? Yeah. So the uh, McLeod uh, the McLeod User Conference. It's kind of they have uh, they have this every year, and they do it in different different cities. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I think what last year we had it. it they had Phoenix. It. Yeah, this year is in Phoenix. Last oh, this year, year Phoenix. Sorry. Had it in Nashville. Um, Nashville, so, okay. Cool. Yeah, pretty. They usually take it to a pretty uh, cool city to, and I think they bring about five thousand brokers and carriers uh, that are using their software. Um, so, and what I what I spoke on the user conference. Um, so, digital freight matching is it's taking. So, there's two pieces to that. There's your internal digital freight matching, which is Let's say, hey, we're we need to source another we need to source a carrier from North Carolina to Texas. And basically um, what that's doing is taking all of our history that we've ran on that lane, showing, hey, these are the carriers you've used previously. And then hey, let's say if we haven't used them, well, our carriers, they enter what lanes they want to run. And then it also pulls back the list of the um the carriers that want that lane. So then we can instead of having to call each and every one of them that's saved in our database and we can go out and what's called waterfall tender and just start shooting out an email. Here's the rate, pick up time um, and where it's going. So then they can say, oh yeah, I want to, they can then either accept and it'll automatically set them up on that load to use, or they can set counter offer and say, hey, I want to do it for this amount. Um, and then we can counter offer and go back and forth. And then once they accept it, then everything's done um, done digitally, so they don't have to sign a piece of paper, send it to us. Well, they just we send them the electronic rate confirmation. They send it back and accept it. Um, and that's kind of the first internal piece. Um, and what I spoke on was we've been using um, digital freight matching using AI. Um, and what the AI piece is, uh, there's a couple of companies one's parade that we've used and the other is a uh, neutral so they set up an api connection that sends them all of our data and then what it does is it also takes all of the data from everyone else their carriers um and it so the carriers are constantly updating their data in parade and neutral and it's showing where all their trucks are currently so then the AI in the background, when we sit, we enter that load into their system. Well, when the API sends our load to the system, it would pull up and say, here's all the carriers, here's every location they're in, and it would auto start sending that load out to those carriers using uh, AI. Um, so it was really wow. sourcing those existing carriers. And that's kind of what I spoke to uh, during that conference. And that sounds extremely useful for uh, for what you guys are trying to do, which is which is great. So um, yeah, and you know, nobody likes paper anymore. Uh, so <laughs> it's anytime I don't have to touch paper, it makes me happy. You know, I have the worst handwriting in the world. I don't even like to sign the receipts. Uh, you know, they just look like a like. When I sign my name, it looks like uh, one of those uh, pictures of a, uh, a, a you know arrhythmia or something. <laughs> it's, it's I'm just, the same way, oh. man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't. <laughs> I no longer can do that. I, uh, um, I, I anytime I want to sign, I just want the electronic signature to hit and be mm -hmm. like, "Yep, there you go. That's that's all I need." <laughs> oh, if I never had to, my main goal was to hey, let's never have to use a piece of paper ever again in any office and in my personal life and two i absolutely loathe printers so there if i never have to troubleshoot <laughs> a printer again i'll be much happier so pc load letter <laughs> oh that was great um no I, I you know it's interesting too is i and to switch forces really quick um i saw uh, um, that you finished a course, uh, and the course is called Holding Yourself Accountable. Um, I actually think this is really interesting because um, it's, it, you know, I think all of us, all of everyone makes mistakes, and everyone, um, <laughs> um, you know, it, you, uh, so, you see, sometimes people will hide from those mistakes or 
or, or try to cover them up and all that type of stuff. And I, I never thought that that was a good idea, right? Um, the amount of times I make mistakes is uh, uh, numerous throughout the day. And um, I always feel that if you're true with yourself and you, uh, um, and you admit and own up to those mistakes, um, it just makes you uh, much more um, uh, uh, valuable, really, because, uh, you know, every time you make a mistake and, and know that you did, uh, you're able to change and modify your behavior. And, uh, and the same thing applies in the IT, in my perspective. I want to kind of hear your perspective on this, because if you're able to do that with your IT systems, not just even yourself, but also move that into your IT systems and know that they're, they're, they're vulnerable. They're not, um, uh, you know, they're, you know, your, your systems are not, uh, going to be a hundred percent, you know, uh, fireproof, right? And if you, let those uh um the that guard down uh you know that's when the real um uh, you know strengthening can occur what, what's your thoughts on this yeah i 100 agree that's where you know when i hear somebody say oh yeah this is impenetrable we're, we don't have any issues that's bs i mean that's just what it is i mean there's if you if you take if you hold yourself accountable when just let's say, hey, when I first started, you know, it was my first time, hey, I'm over managing all of these systems. Uh, and there was a lot of times hey, I didn't didn't fully understand the software getting started. And if I just kind of lied my way through and said, oh, yeah, I, I know what I'm doing. Don't worry about it. I don't need anybody's help. It's you, you don't people start. They stop asking you questions. And that's what I noticed at first was I didn't. You know, if they're, let's say, hey, the software went down and it was down for four hours. Well, if I just said, oh, this is this is our cloud hosting server or this is our cloud hosting provider's fault. This this isn't me. Um, but instead, hey, I was you know trying to change a um, a, uh, a policy in the background and hey, it, it locked a few users out. Well, if I own up to it and say, hey, this was me, I, I went in and I was making some changes that were, um, I know we had a security vulnerability needed to make these changes. And I did that on a Thursday at 2 p.m. Well, that locked a few people out. And I just said, oh, that's our cloud hosting provider. Well, then that kind of this makes people feel, oh, well, this wasn't his fault. But again, I'm not, I'm not learning from it. And I'm not showing people that, hey, if you own up to it and, to, and hold yourself accountable, people will trust you more and they'll trust your um judgment and what you're trying to do and they can see hey uh hey i changed this policy and it locks the people out but this is why i did it and this is why it was a, an immediate need that we had to change and own up to it people will trust you more and that's what i've i've seen as a you know grown as a person as an it leader it, the more you're honest and upfront and hold yourself to certain accountability will now hey if i'm going to make if there's a hey we've got to restart a server during the day to fix some issues and let everyone know hey we're going to restart this at 12 p.m today this is why this is we apologize for this but this is something that's needed and it's a security concern or something that's not working properly um, people start to trust your judgment more in there you know i've saw, seen that people just They'll ask questions, but they also now, hey, they trust that I'm doing this for the good of the company and um, to make sure, hey, we can all make more money because, you know, we're covering more loads and it'll make us better in the future. Oh, that's a great answer. Um, you know, that's, it, it, you know, the, it's interesting because I had, um, I had heard uh, from someone along that and I don't remember the person, but um they had promoted um, their systems as self-healing, right? I, we have self-healing systems. And I said, and I said, I want to know more about what that is from an IT perspective. Um, what, you know, what makes it self-healing? And, and the, the response was, well, we take, um, we take solutions uh, that we have. And um, when, when something happens, and uh and something breaks right uh we update everything uh update the policies and stuff like that immediately 
and, and after we fixed after we fixed the issue, and then we move forward again. And so, uh, and so I was like, well, that make that makes complete sense. I mean, so it, and, and I guess that does fall under the uh, you know the uh, the guise of self healing because that's exactly what self healing is. Is is identifying when you make a problem, how to prevent it from happening again, and and turn it around and and uh, um, and implement, you know, policy procedures, new systems, and stuff like that that will prevent that one issue from happening. That is self healing. So it's an interesting uh, thought process. Uh, you know, uh, a little bit of a kind of a, a you know promotion of them of themselves and stuff like that. But uh, it. it it made sense to me. I mean, when it was explained, it's like, well, I guess that does, that is kind of a self healing, uh, um, solution. So, you know, it's really, uh, um, it's an interesting concept, uh, but you're right. Accountability. And I'm glad you posted that out there, um, about that account accountability is such a huge, uh, um, piece in both, you know, your professional life and systems and, and stuff like that. And personal life too. I mean, that's, you know, bring that inside, right? Because I, those are things that uh, will definitely help, uh, help you out. Um, now you mentioned that your team, when you first started, it was just you, right? And then you've grown your team a little bit, right? How many people you have on your team right now? Uh, three in total. We also have a uh, MSP that, uh, yep. so far leg works. We don't have to drive and fly out to so many locations hey that's a listen that's a uh um it's a great strategy uh um as a as a uh um person that is a cio for an msp right um we uh you know i uh um i i actually uh love to co-manage and uh and work with uh, great individuals uh to you know to make solutions happen so it's actually um uh you know, it, it's we're we're moving into a world where it's not just my team is you know three people, right? Your team is partially that MSP as well because they're doing they're doing work with you, and um and on top of that, you know, um, you know, it can be any of the uh, um, uh, different partners that you you team up with. They're all helping you do those solutions, right? So if you've got a um, and I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, let's say you're getting support for this software, right? And you frequently talk with, um, you know, uh, one or two people there that really know their stuff. And you don't, and you're like, Oh, I got to get this guy or I got to get this person. She knows what's going on. You know, if, if, you know, and you're laughing and smiling. So I know you, I know you've got the people. <clears throat> this happens all the time. They become an extension of your team, right? They become an extension of your IT team. Um, you know, and they might work on other IT teams too, but, but they become an extension of yours. So it's interesting in this kind of, uh, you know, uh, new dynamic that we're in, um, with so many different interconnecting parts and pieces that, you know, you just end up with uh, these IT teams made of multitude of different pieces. So you've got three direct, um, reports, right? Uh, a, a, a software person deals specifically with but in software and I apologize to the listeners by the way I'm getting over a uh, um, a cold so uh um but you've got a person that deals with the uh um uh, uh the applications uh what was the other one you had a person that dealt with uh IT support so he's um he's covering basically any uh level one and two tickets that come in uh from any of our internal and external users makes sense and what, and what was the other uh, and then the uh, application, um, the uh, application administrator, she handles all of our uh, software and processes uh, for our TMS and any third-party software. Very nice, very nice. So you've got a good, good little system here, Bill. Oh, so, yeah. Um, are there any other um, integrations, third parties that you work with that you think that we haven't mentioned yet? That uh, you know that probably would it help shed light on some of the complexities in, in, in the environment? Yeah, so I'd say um, talked about McLeod and our and I'd say also our cloud hosting service. Um, they've, you know, me being a um, I'm pretty much our sysadmin, but it's also having uh, our cloud hosting service. They're a very good partner that I mean, 
there was another the other day they called me and they're like hey uh you know your uh ipsec tunnels down right now and i was like uh it was like probably 15 minutes after i got to the office and i was like yeah there was a uh outage i just got to restart a firewall and router and he's like oh, okay cool well, i just want to make sure you know and you know and that's not even a part of their job they just you know they're so you know the diamond in the rough that hey they reach out and want to help um that's great that's yeah. this great service it really is exactly um and i think really so we talked about digital freight matching um the other one is uh is carrier 411 assure assist and uh, i think i hit a little bit on that but um they're a third party that they monitor uh, something called like freight guard reports and reports of double brokers people that are there's these brokers that they act like hey i'm a carrier they take your load and then they they give it to a carrier and then they charge the carrier then they never pay you so um, there's a huge issue right now with that and people going out and stealing stuff off of uh, wow um, and that's what they help us they help us identify those carriers and two in the u.s you can Let's say, hey, uh, mom and pop trucks trucking service. Well, they retired and they just sold their uh, they sold their logistics their carrier company to um, and usually and it's weird. It's usually over um, in uh, the UK. There's a lot of double brokers. Um, it's usually like kind of the Russia region. Um, not anything negative about anybody Russia, but it's just there's a lot of double brokers there, and so because they're in another country, it's hard to, you know, get your money back. So they tell us, like Care411 Assure Assist, they tell us, hey, their, um, the email address on this account changed or the uh, there's been reports of double brokering. So that helps protect us from using carriers that um, are probably gonna double broker or they've they picked up loads, never delivered it. Um, and it keep, helps keep us safe. Um, you know, we've got wow. insurance. We still don't want to have to use that insurance so our premium doesn't go up. So those are some other um, pretty good soft uh, third-party softwares that we use to keep us. It's amazing that that's that prevalent. Uh, you, would, you would have such a um, <laughs> such a, a prevalence of, of that kind of theft and, and uh, fraud <laughs> um, within the uh, uh, industry. But um, it's good to know that. You know, uh, and yeah, like you mentioned, we did a little bit touch on insurance, insurance, but um, knowing that now, it actually makes for a much, much more important piece of software, uh, you know, piece of software and, and, uh, and service. So that's a that's actually really interesting. I didn't I, you know, I, I knew that, you know, the taking off of trucks and, and stealing off the trucks that that makes sense to me. I'm sure that happens all the time. Um, and I think that's been happening uh, ever since they had wagons back in the day, right? You know, so, <laughs> but, um, I did not know that people were actually setting up companies, uh, and then, uh, you know, moving, moving it, not paying anybody and saying, see you later, bye. So, wow, that's such an awful thing to do. Uh, man. So, I, well, I'm glad, well, in that case, I'm glad that there are, uh, people involved that are, uh, uh, helping reduce that stuff like that. Yeah, that's that's a big help for us. They, and then all the, you know, we've got API connections set up so that hey, the second that there's a report flows into our system, and as say a broker, they forgot to check four one one or assure assist. The second they click and say hey, they want to offer it to them, it pops up and says, wait a minute, this is a double broker. Are you sure you want to use them? Ninety nine percent of the time, they're like, no, nah, I don't want to use them. Or maybe they'll, um, and if not, you know, they'll call us and we'll have our we have a whole carrier um, relations team that'll then start calling the uh, carrier and vetting them and making sure, hey, yeah, they're legit. They just, hey, somebody, and so it's happened, hey, somebody's got mad at a carrier and said, you know, they wanted more money for a load or they just were late. So they'll mark them as a double worker. It doesn't happen much, but now we've got a whole team that just handles carrier relations. Um, I want to get into um, uh, our segment where we kind of figure out, um, you know, what's the upcoming uh, future of IT. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to give you a little bit more time in this segment than I usually do because um, we may need to spend a little more time specifically focused around logistics uh, because um, there, 
it has been such a rapid pace of an acceleration in logistics and technology over, I would imagine, the past five years <clears throat> that um, who knows what the next five years is going to bring, right? I mean, there's, there's so much right now. I mean, you talked about already having uh, um, AI implemented into your um, solutions. And yes, AI has been around for quite a while anyway, but the uh, um, the newer uh, um, generative AI that it's, that's been uh, um, hit the market uh, recently and expanding it quickly, um, you know, uh, may have some impact there too. Um, and, uh, but then there's so much other pieces, uh, you know, um, uh, you had also mentioned stuff about tracking, um, and being able to see, um, the shipments go from A to B, which is such a huge deal. Now that you talk to me about, uh, the, you know, the, uh, what do you call it? Double, um, double brokering, double brokering right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and even to the package level where, you know, we see these these packages disappear off the truck. Where do they go? Right. Um, you know, uh, it's there's so, there's so many interesting ways now that um, uh, uh, miniature tracking services and stuff like that, that they have down to just a, a sticker. Right. So um, there's so many different pieces to this. Uh, I'm going to give you the floor. I'm going to let you go nuts. Just go. Go to town and tell me where you want this thing to go, and what where do you think it realistically will go? Yeah, so I <clears throat> so I think really the two big things that are going to impact the logistics industry the most from an IT perspective, um, obviously AI, and that's the hot button one. But the other one is also going to be um, IoT, inter Internet of Things. Um, you know, we've all saw. You know, we all know. Hey, we've got. We've got 20 different devices from our uh, from light bulbs to Google Assistants to, um, you know, saying, hey, Google, hey, Alexa, I'm sure my phone's about to dip. My phone just freaked out because I said that. Um, <laughs> so it's in two in the logistics industry um, with Internet of Things. Uh, I, I wrote a, uh, a research paper when I was uh, getting my master's degree on how Walmart handles their handles getting their produce from the farms to the warehouse to um, Walmarts all across the, the world um, and how they've used the Internet of Things is there's going from every truck, from even the um, the person out there picking the produce and putting it in a basket, there's a Internet capable um, sensor, there's an Internet capable warehouse controller that shows hey they can they know the second that that tomato is picked off the vine down in uh let's say mexico they put it into a basket they know the second it was picked the second it goes from being washed to then going to the warehouse and they've got you know ten thousand monitors saying hey what's the humidity the uh well i'd say a better one is uh bananas um i used to work for a food line um, and they showed us the uh, where they keep their bananas. They have to keep it in these. Um, it looks like an airport hangar, and they have to pump in. Um, I can't remember what they pump. They pump in this specific, uh, um, not a chemical, but uh, can't specific type of gas to keep them um, to keep them from going brown. So, yeah. what they do is they can they have a specific set point that it tells them. That if it drops above or below this, well, hey, now we got to throw out all these bananas. And then they know each crate, hey, it need, now it's time for this to go to be shipped out to whichever um, location within the U.S. So it's it's interesting to see these thousands of sensors and then GPS location. Uh, it's called ELD on trucks that sends GPS coordinates to where the truck is. Um, and that's just in the past... 10 years that has just exploded with they they can you, you don't see as much bad fruit and veggies in the store now because they know that de the exact second it was picked and the second it got to um got to the grocery store and when somebody bought it so they know they know the second that they need to throw all these out and it's really helped with like e coli outbreak they know everywhere that's specific yeah, I think it's been 
romaine lettuce exactly where it is so they can pick it off the shelf and that to me is going to be that and ai are going to be the two biggest things uh the internet of things just holistically is just going to explode and keep getting bigger and bigger um and then with ai to me i think ai is really we already know the data we have and we're all trying to build these nice uh good looking excel files and uh, excel spreadsheets and power bi reports but um ai in the logistics industry um yeah we've got where so our we use uh it's called macro point for tracking the location of all the trucks so we every single uh shipment we move has to have that applied we have to set macro point location tracking on each truck um, and we can use their and it even integrates hey, with their cell phone where it's at or it can integrate with um, the ELD GPS device in the truck as well so um, with that what it does it, it can even tell us send us a monitor update and say hey there's a hurricane I think it was Ian that just came through in Florida um, had a few trucks in Florida and it said send us a location update hey warning there's a bad weather coming through well guess what they're going to be delayed um, and sure enough AI told it we already knew it was coming through but it told us the exact uh times based on road closures and weather reporting that hey this truck is going to be three four hours late and guess what it was three to four hours late just like uh the warning told us so that's it's amazing that it's where it's at now with that data that is no it's fantastic and so um let's take a second too and, and talk, talk a little bit about um you know where we see uh, uh the future of this transportation as well right because that that's another huge piece of uh, of logistics is the change in transportation um which is evolving yeah um yeah from a transportation piece i mean you can look at i mean we we already see um i know Tesla's working on one. I mean, we're looking at these automated trucks and um, we kind of get to see with uh, there's an organization called TIA and they're the ones that are kind of on uh, kind of on the hill, uh, you know, talking about, hey, what are, you know, what are the regulations on these? Is there not going to be a driver in a truck that's, you know, pulling a, a 10,000 pounds of um, 20, 10, 20,000 pounds of cotton down the road is, you know, how is you know that's pretty scary to think about i mean this one thing with a uh automated taxi but you get a uh 18 wheeler coming at you that's got twenty thousand pounds of cotton on it i mean that that can be pretty intimidating um and that's where they're i see that that's going to i don't i don't think it's as close as we think it is because of so many regulations um but i see that in the next 10 years just from what i've seen um, we'll start to see those start to pick up more and more. And I think right now it's kind of a hot button, hot button issue that um, everybody's work. I mean, everybody's and not to say anything negative to Tesla, but everybody saw the, you know, the Tesla not stopping for the little kid uh, yeah. cut out and hitting it, hitting it. But, you know, it's eventually software. Software is always behind hardware um, just from Moore's law. But you see that. Hey, eventually that's where once they get the smaller cars down, then they're going to start automating that carrier piece. Um, but the only, yeah, it's going to take a while from the um, red tape aspect and those trucks, you know, uh, 18 wheelers, $100,000. Well, then you look at uh, one that's automated. Well, that's going to be 250,000 versus 100,000. So, it's, And what are, what are the insurance companies going to think of that? <laughs> so then you're going to have to have a whole more expensive insurance so i see that that's in the future and i don't that's i think once they get past the regulation piece and the insurance piece it'll start to be accepted more widely um but i still see that being quite a ways off 10 years minimum but um, we've already seen some test uh loads go out through california where they're testing it and no issues so far but wow. yes that's definitely on the horizon for so so my last question to you uh, um, in this uh, in this segment here is, um, what do you think of the um, of how the future will help bring uh, um, 
more shipments uh, to re- more remote areas. Well, that's the tough question. So I say it for last. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> uh, I like tough questions. Now I see it, and I see where AI is going to help that more because right now you have an issue where let's say, hey, we just booked a load from North Carolina to California. Well, what you want is well, now they're that carriers in California where well, they live in North Carolina, they need to get back. And that's where we have a lot, you know, just we had an issue with our cotton warehouse. They would send shipments out in the middle of in the middle of nowhere to deliver some cotton. Well, they didn't have a load to bring back. So not a lot of carriers want to go out there. So AI in the future, and that's how we're already starting to use that now, is they can when a carrier shows where they're at currently and we've got a load going there it's matching them up so that way if a carrier leaves one dc goes to another one to deliver a load and they know that they're going to get another load so they can come back home that week they'll be more likely to go out to that remote location and deliver those items um and two we're seeing yeah, we're two we're seeing all the uh uh fuss about amazon and drones delivering too i can See that be a little bit more for the Amazon piece, uh, but really for a you know a full truckload. Um, I'm seeing now that we're starting to be able to use AI to match um, where these carriers are and notify the brokers and notify the carriers. Hey, there's a there's a we call it a backhaul. If they've got a backhaul in that remote location, then they'll be ten times more likely to go out there and uh, deliver a load and pick up a load. Um, remotely and that really helps everybody because it makes the rate cheaper for us and makes the uh, carrier they know they're going to make more money driving out to that remote location back that's an interesting interesting uh look at the future of uh of logistics uh, thank you dylan uh, nerds uh, this has been michael moore and uh, we've been hosting this podcast for dissecting popular it nerds it's been uh, Dylan Sluter, Director of IT at UCW Logistics. Thank you so much, Dylan. You have a great day. Of course. Thanks. You too, Michael.